Welcome to episode 559 of the show. Today we're going to explore how we can use educative and informative content to promote your business. Now, why is this kind of content um, necessary? Why is it important? Oh, by the way, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, when we say content, we just mean stuff that you put out over social media. Whether it's white papers, pictures, any kind of posts, um, audio, uh, photographs, um, let's see, what else? Whatever it is that you can put out uh, to promote your business online. Even if it's something as simple as an article that you put out on Nairaland, which is something that I do. I write regularly on um, Nairaland almost on a daily basis. So that is what we mean when we say content. And uh, to backtrack a little bit um, further... Uh, when people think about content online, there are people who think about putting out educative and informative stuff, like me, and then there are other people who worry about putting out uh, things that are much more uh, entertainment, um, you know, lean more into the entertainment side. You're trying to be entertaining, you're trying to be catchy, so that people um, like, um, share, uh, maybe you're aiming for virality, uh, things of that nature. So, um, I am not going to make the argument one way or another, but in previous episodes, I've made the argument that if your focus is on being catchy, then you have to learn things that have entertainment value. You have to worry about what your personality is, how you sound, how you look, um, how you dress, how you speak, how you come across, um, what your copy is, whether it's catchy, um, all those sorts of things, I think, which are extra hassles that depending on your personality, you might not want to take on when it comes to running a business because for some of us we just want to be in business without having to worry about whether um, we look attractive or um, whether our beard is the right way or what the latest dance trend is or things of that nature so um, my argument in one of the videos was that if you take an educative and informative um, slant uh, especially for service businesses then your life is going to be a whole lot easier because then you don't have to worry about um, all these other things you just have to worry about the content. You don't have to worry about getting extra uh, entertainment value or production value behind what it is that you put out. So back to the topic of today. That was just a summary for those who are listening to the podcast for the first time. And if this is your first time listening, then when you're done with this episode, all you have to do is scroll back a couple of episodes, maybe two or three episodes, and you get caught up to speed on the previous things that we've discussed here about um, why content is important for business, the different kinds of content that you can produce, and um, yeah, that sort of stuff, all the good stuff. So... Uh, Today, how to do educative and informative content. Now, why is that important? It's important because when you put out stuff that educates your audience or puts out uh, new information that your potential audience or uh, client base is not aware of, when you put out topical content, it shows that you have some form of expertise. Now, expertise um, reinforces credibility and also reinforces competence. What that means basically is The more expertise that you show by putting out these kinds of content, it makes it more believable that you are the go-to resource. You are the person who folks should call up whenever they have this problem or whenever they have that problem. And it's something that we know even in our personal lives because when the kid is sick or when you are sick and uh, you have to go and see a specialist, let's say because your, uh, let's say your feet are swelling or something, and you want to go um, see uh, a specialist, you don't just go to any doctor, but, I mean, of course, after speaking with your general doctor, if the doctor thinks that it's a cardiac issue and you guys need to look at a, um, 
you need to say, uh, what are they called? Cardiologist, I think. Yeah, doctors of the heart. You need to say a cardiologist. You just don't want it to be any random cardiologist. You want it to be uh, someone that has some um, relative um, expertise in the field and has to be credible. And that's the sort of air that we get when we put out um, topical content and informative content around our businesses. So it helps build uh, credibility and competence. It makes it believable that you know what it is that you do. And of course, credibility and competence also builds trust. And the reason why all these things are important is because trust makes the rest of the sales process a whole lot easier. Now, there are some of you that have come across um, this podcast and then we sit down to talking business because you want me to handle a training session um, for your staff or you want me to come part along, uh, you want me to um, ride along on some of your trainings because there are some other people who listen to this that also run consulting businesses as well. But they are good at other parts of business, but not good on the sales part. And there have been some people who reached out to me um, in the past uh, just so I can handle the sales part of the um, equation because that's all I do. Sales, especially personal selling, how we can move the uh, transaction, how we can move the relationship forward one conversation at a time. So I don't do sales funnels. I don't do automation. I don't do um, all of that. So uh, uh, my area specialty is you have a potential customer before you, a potential stakeholder, a potential investor. You're trying to remove the relationship forward. You're trying to sign the deal. And uh, I help to get you to take that next step. So there's some people who reach out and uh, want to work with me on uh, any of these terms precisely because I've been putting out the podcast for a while. They listen. They see I'm competent. I know what it is that I'm talking about. So when we meet, it's more or less just getting down to specific terms and uh, especially financial terms or working together. And that's the benefit of putting out this kind of um, content. Now, I would like to give a little uh, warning. Informative content is not a guarantee that you're going to get a sale. Because some people assume that because you've been writing that blog post, uh, sorry, you've been writing the blog and you've been doing so for two years, you assume that every single person that hits you up through the blog is going to become um, a client of yours. But that is not a guarantee. So informative content doesn't guarantee the sale, but it just helps to facilitate the whole process. You keep doing this, you keep putting yourself out there, you're going to be seen as the expert, there's going to be some trust, there's going to be some credibility. Uh, or as like somebody said once looking through my material, what did the person say? The person said I was building my personal brand. Um, I think the person said I was building, because he's one of these brand types of people, you know, people who believe that brand is the answer to everything. And he said that I was building um, a personal brand. And Well, anyway, those of you who are long-time listeners of the show, you know what my opinions are when it comes to this whole um, branding thing. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, so those are the benefits. Um, topical content uh, basically sets you out to be an expert, makes you more believable, uh, makes it easier to build trust. Trust also facilitates um, the sale, and uh, it's not a guarantee, but it should make things go smoother. Now, who should be worried about these sorts of things? I already uh, hinted at that at the beginning of the podcast recording. Most likely, service-based professionals, although it can work for anyone, but let's say um, primarily service-based professionals. So if you're a lawyer, you're some sort of coach, you're some sort of a consultant, even if you do um, a service, you have a business that has a service component and has a product component to it, like bakers, for instance, this can work as well. So for example, uh, beauticians, uh, those of you who do eyebrows, you do nails, you do makeup and things like that, 
um, obviously already used to uh, people putting out makeup tutorials and makeup tips and uh, makeup um, what's it called you know you get two products and then you do a pros and the cons and you say the reason why this blush is better than that blush or the reason why this blush works better for women with oily skin and that um, uh, eyeliner works better for uh, people with okay no eyeliner is not for skin uh, gosh anyway let me not um let me not make up examples that I know nothing about. But basically, uh, beauticians already um, use these people who are involved in this space because they put up tutorials, they put up tips, they put up uh, comparisons, they do product reviews, things like that. And that's the whole point because it gets, it puts an, uh, an aura of um, expertise around these people so that when you are ready to do your cucumber skin peel or your Moroccan uh, spider Moroccan spider skin bleach or whatever it is that you know you beauticians do when you're ready to do that you're going to call this person and that person because from following their content over the last six months or one year or whatever you have seen that this person is the industry specialist the go-to when it comes to doing your uh, halloumi skin massage or your hammam skin massage or to do your eyebrows or to do um, whatever it is there's also the same for lawyers for those of you who have a legal background like I do, um, you see that your lawyer friends on LinkedIn are putting up opinion pieces on topical issues of the day, and it's precisely around that point. So if the, uh, let's see, um, the passage of the petroleum, there was the petroleum industry bill that finally got passed into law, and of course, every single lawyer had an opinion on that. Um, the whole point is not just spouting off your knowledge of the law per se, but to show that when it comes to oil and gas issues, you are the go-to person because you understand what the relevant legislation are, you know how it applies to business, you know things from the legal perspective and blah, blah, blah. So that's the whole point of um, lawyers putting out all that kind of content on LinkedIn or going for TV interviews on Channels TV or uh, TVC um, or whatever. Those are Nigerian news channels, by the way, for those of you who are not Nigerians listening to the podcast. And then another example is um, a one that's a podcast run by a friend of mine on the African uh, Free Trade uh, Treaty. Free Trade Treaty? Or is it the Free Trade Continental Act? I can't remember. But she has a whole podcast that is just built around that specific legislation and has been getting a lot of interest. She's gotten some speaking opportunities um, the podcast is just under a year old, so the last time we spoke about it, um, she hadn't gotten, uh, let me say, she hadn't gotten big money from it yet, but had led to some speaking opportunities, um, so hopefully uh, consulting opportunities and things like that are in the works for 2023 and beyond, and it's just an, ex uh, an example of how you can put out content that sets you out to be the expert to be the uh, the consummate professional on these sorts of things so that you are the number one person that people go to. And I hope, in particular, this example that I've given, a podcast that is built on a specific legislation as the African Free Trade Continental um, Treaty. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering up the name. I know that for someone who went to school and studied law, I should actually know the name of the legislation. But um, if you're interested in it and you just Google any of the terms I use, you should be able to find it. So... It can even be that niche. That is just one podcast that does with one piece of legislation only. And she's been podcasting for more than a year about it. And, um, okay, yeah, at this point. And it's something that she can go several years um, upon with a little bit of um, creativity. Especially since it is something that um, business people who do cross-border um, negotiations, you know, sorry, cross-border uh, transactions, 
<clears throat> you know, Nigerians doing business in Togo, uh, Togolese people uh, trading with someone in Cameroon, uh, Cameroonian people doing business with someone in Mali, Mali doing, Mali people doing business with someone in Senegal, and Senegalese people uh, transacting back and forth to South Africa, and um, you can see that the opportunities are uh, multitude for, I mean, to keep discussing uh, the the free trade treaty, um, how it affects uh, trade from one country to another, how it affects um, the trade in services between one country or another, or how it affects um, specific um, commodities. So that's just um, an example. Then, of course, uh, there's the masseuse who listens to the uh, podcast, our resident masseuse. I mentioned her before in um, a couple of episodes ago. And um, she can put out, someone like her can put out content on the relationship between uh, back pain and, you know, health and safety practices at work. So how do you sit? How high is your chair? Um, is your chair too close to the computer? What's the adequate, um, uh, what's the proper length of time for sitting down at the office? How often do you stand up and work and um, walk around the office and things like that? So people who are in these sorts of things, chiropractors, masseuses, this is the kind of content that you can put out so that when someone in your personal network is dealing with back pain or uh, whatever occupational hazards that they go through, they know that you are the number one um, person uh, to call. So these are examples of how um, service-based professionals can use um informative content to promote their businesses so for for the uh, beautician um, she's putting out content every day but the message is the same the message is simple she's a professional when it comes to skincare for the lawyer putting out this content um, every week for the whole year and the message is simple she is skilled and she's competent when it comes to international trade terms and contracts and uh, things of that nature then for the masseuse uh yeah all that content but the point of it is this lady knows uh about uh back pain and all these other issues and she's the kind of person that can help then of on the kinds of contents i've already mentioned earlier in the podcast recording that it can be uh posts on instagram can be photos diagrams essays blog posts video audio podcasts like this or like my friend who has the podcast on the african free trade continental treaty uh, which platforms should you use? That's also another question that we get all the time. And the answer is simple. You go to where your target audience is. So it's not about saying, I like LinkedIn. And so because of that, I'm only going to put out stuff on LinkedIn. If you like LinkedIn, but your target base is on, uh, what's that one? The one where you put photos, Pinterest. So if you like LinkedIn, but your target audience is on Pinterest, then it, there's no point in you putting all the stuff on LinkedIn, if all the magic is happening with your customers on Pinterest. So you go to where your people are. So it's not a matter of, I, I don't like Pinterest, I prefer LinkedIn, or I don't like Pinterest, I prefer Instagram. If your people are on Pinterest, be on Pinterest. Learn about Pinterest, learn how to pin, uh, learn how to curate and learn how to pin and how to post on Pinterest. So it's about where your target audience is. So the primary question isn't, what do you prefer? It is, where is your audience? So traditionally, you find that LinkedIn is where uh, there's lots of stuff around um, careers and business going on. Then TikTok and Instagram, uh, where lifestyle um, things are going on, but a younger demographic when it comes to lifestyle. Then you find that for Facebook, lifestyle stuff is going on there, but usually an older demographic. So you're going to find all these um, rough um, rules like, okay, Pinterest, I think uh, the last time I checked, I think Pinterest was mostly 8% women that use it. Uh, also of a certain age 
Um, so uh, these are the things that you can look into when it comes to determining which platform to use. But remember, the overriding criteria isn't what you find most comfortable or what you find easiest to produce. It's about where your audience is. If all the action is happening on TikTok, then don't say, I don't like TikTok. I'm a 50-year-old woman. Why should I be on TikTok? If unfortunately, the product or the service that you have decided to go into are people of a certain age and a certain demographic, and they are all on TikTok, and the action is happening on TikTok, then you're not going to achieve anything posting a lot on LinkedIn because you're a 50-year-old woman or you're a 60-year-old man and you think you're too old for TikTok. If your target audience is on TikTok, then make it work. Perhaps you can put up the content, but then it doesn't have to be you. It could be a member of staff that you think meets the demographic, but it's not about you. It's about the target um, audience. Then, um, let's see. Oh, so how to go about this? Um, create a content calendar. It's something we've spoken about in the past. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, scroll down after you're done with this podcast and you see episodes where we have suggestions about how to start a podcast and how to manage um, content uh, calendar. Uh, so you get into some more detail there. And the reason why I recommend using a content calendar is because a content calendar cures for a number of problems that you're going to face when it comes to producing content to promote your business. Number one, um, motivation. It's not easy to wake up every day and say, I'm going to post, I'm going to post, I'm going to post, because um, no. it's not easy. There's a motivation problem. But if you have a content calendar that says, on Monday, we'll post this, on Tuesday, we'll post this, on Wednesday, this, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you get the picture. And it has already laid out everything from uh, January all through to March. At least you know that for the next um, 90 days, um, motivation shouldn't be much of a problem and then also it removes the inspiration uh, problem as well because sometimes you wake up and you're not inspired to create you can't you're wondering what should i create what should i think uh, what should i um, write what should, what should i photograph but having a content calendar takes care of all these problems it cures for motivation it cures for inspiration so like in my own case i don't worry about what i'm going to do today tomorrow or the day after so i woke up today and I um, had to look at my sheet. I don't have a proper content calendar because I just jot down questions that I receive and I um, work off that. Uh, when the questions get too much, I type them out and then put them on my phone and I refer to them later on. So for this uh, episode, I, I didn't have to plan what to do. I just woke up. I had a look at the list and this was the next question that needed to be addressed and um, that was it and I just um, hit record and started making today's episode. So that's the benefit of having a content calendar, cures for motivation, cures for um, inspiration. It also helps because it's going to make sure that you go at this thing for a very long time. So that's what guarantees longevity and sustainability in the um, uh, when we start the uh when we start using content to promote um, our businesses if everything has already been planned out from january to march the chances that you will go through january to march are a lot higher than if you wake up and you're trying to freestyle it every day so content calendar remember after this episode scroll back you find the episodes on uh content calendars and you get some more details um there then, apart from content calendar, you also have to decide a cadence that is comfortable to you. In the beginning, start with a cadence that is comfortable to you. When you take feedback, your audience will let you know whether your cadence is too much or too little. 
so are you going to be posting on an hourly basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? At first, start with what's comfortable to you and then take feedback from the market and then you adapt accordingly. I've also done a podcast recording on this. I think that was also on... Uh, I'm not sure if that was on the content calendar episode. But anyway, I use the example of people who run um, betting franchises. Now, if you run a betting franchise, having a weekly posting um, schedule, uh, a weekly cadence, not going to work. Because the whole point of uh, betting outfits and sport betting outfits is that you're trying to make... Um, small amounts of money over lots of people very quickly in huge chunks over the whole day. So someone places a bet, uh, there's a small spread on it. The profit that you might make on the bet might be, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 kobo on every naira or 50 kobo on every naira or something like that. And that's not going to make you a millionaire. So the whole point is to get that person to bet one naira or 10 naira or 100 naira or whatever multiple times a day several times a week, several times a month, uh, uh, several months of the year. And that's how you make your uh, profits in these kinds of things. Because the 50-50 Naira, the 10-10 Kobo, the 1-1 Naira profits you make, the 10-10 Naira profits you make roll over um, throughout the end of the year. So you find, my guess is that you find people like that have to um, do, their cadence has to be several times in a day, maybe hourly. Now, I don't know how things work now that everything is all high-tech. But back when I lived in Lagos and I was in um, uni, when I lived in Lagos and I was in university, uh, back then you'd have to go to the physical center to look at the board to see what the odds are. Manchester United is playing um, uh, Chelsea. The odds are this to this. The match is so, 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 and so, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There would be a board that somebody would have to wipe out and then write on. And um, so back then, people would have to write on those boards multiple times a day. So it wouldn't be out of place for that board to be changed five or six times during the day. So for the Manchester match, this is the time. These are the odds, you know, blah, blah, blah. So back when I lived in Lagos and I schooled in um, Ife, you could see those sorts of things. If you are in the market, like Alade Market on Allen Avenue, for instance. I mean, before it got bulldozed, it was one of those outfits that was behind Alade Market. So the board is there and they keep changing the fixtures and everything. So that's the kind of business you do. Weekly, it's not going to work. So most likely hourly. So or every two hours, every three hours, you're putting out new content if you're in that kind of uh, space. If you run a betting franchise. Then, um, so remember, you're going to take feedback and your uh, market is going to determine because for you, you might be comfortable posting things um, every day, but for your target audience is too much and then you'll have to scale back. So there are people who have started podcasts that are daily podcasts, but then it's too much for their target audience and so they make it a weekly thing or the other way around. You start off weekly, but there's more demand and then becomes a daily thing. Um, okay, yeah, so now what time frame can we expect to see the money? Because that's what this is all about after all, isn't it? There's no point in showing that you're the expert and building credibility if you're not going to get some moolah, if you're not going to get some profits from this. Now, the time frame. When it comes to content, we should remember, content is a medium to long-term play. So we're thinking months or we're thinking years. We are not thinking weeks. You are not going to start your podcast today in January and by February, you're making millions from it. It might happen, but statistically speaking, that is not going to happen. You're not going to start your blog on the 1st of January, and then by the 25th of January, you're making millions from it. That is not how it works. 
even if you look for um, the uh, super successful stories, at least in Nigeria anyway, the Linda Ikegis of Nigeria, there's Linda Ikeji, uh, Bella Niger, um, what else? You know, those kinds of outfits. You know, it was a, I mean, in fact, for those people, it was in, in years. I think Bella Niger was three or four years. Uh, Linda Ikeji, I'm not sure. Anyway, let me not guess. But you get the picture medium to long term. So you're thinking in terms of months or years. We're definitely not thinking weeks and we're definitely not thinking days. And the reason why it's medium to long term is because remember that educative and informative content is a credibility play. Nobody builds credibility in days or weeks. The cardiologist that you like, the children's doctor, what are they called? Pediatricians. The pediatrician that you like, they didn't build their credibility in two weeks or in um, three months. And also, it's the same thing. That lawyer that you trust, the reason why you say he's the go-to person for um, electoral malpractices and stuff like that, the person didn't build their credibility in two weeks. Building credibility takes time. So no one is going to think you're a professional makeup artist just because you have put out five videos. So don't put out five videos on skincare and things like that and then you say social media doesn't work. You have only put out five videos. Why do you think somebody's going to trust their face for you to do a Moroccan skin peel on their face with God knows what chemicals just because you have done five videos? Now, on the other hand, if in the last year you have done, um, let's say, 40 videos, and apart from those 40 videos, you have uh, put up videos of uh, 10 live sessions. And out of those 10 live sessions, you've gotten three people to come back with testimonies where you do before and after you look at videos and talk through results and you talk about how they're feeling now and something like that. Then, you know, perhaps if that's what you've been able to achieve over the course of this year in 2023, then maybe in 2024, you could expect people to start coming in on the strength of those videos to say uh, that thing that you did for this woman in episode uh, 258, that is what I want you to do for me. I want Moroccan skin peel because I have, sorry, skin peel. I want Moroccan skin peel because I have black spots here and I have this and I have that and blah, uh, blah. So I'm sure you get the picture. Um, let's see. What else? Okay, uh, yeah, we've got more than 20 minutes, so let me just wrap it up. Now, when people inquire, let's say you've done your job right, you've been doing this for um, uh, a very long time, for some months or years, and then people reach out. What you do when people get out, reach out to you is not to start talking price immediately. What you have to do is to qualify. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, skip back to older episodes that have qualification in the title, and you're going to get a bigger, a fuller idea of what um, qualification means. That's basically just trying to sort people out. You're trying to figure out who is interested, who is curious, who is not interested, and who is just spamming you. Some people are going to spam you because they're trying to sell stuff and they've got your contact details. Some people are interested and they're ready to go now. There's some people who are just curious. So somebody's going to reach out, ask about Moroccan skin peel, but the lady is not necessarily ready to do her skin peel today. She's just putting out feelers. And that's the whole point of qualifications. You're trying to sort people out so that the person who is interested and ready to do business today or tomorrow, um, you can handle the conversation properly, move things along and um, close the deal to get business done. Now, how do you get people to inquire? How do you get people to take the next step? We will do that in the next episode. I will wrap it up here. Sorry that this one has been really, really long. Uh, I've been doing really good in the past of keeping to a 10 minute time frame, but this was a lot to cover today and I didn't want to break it up into too many episodes. So thank you very much for following 
me along today on episode 559. Thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.